Darling, we've had one hell of a time But the question on everybody's mind Where is the I might sneak a little uh, bit of those cup of noodles while we're going because I haven't finished that's my all lunch. Right. So just disregard yeah. it. Disregard it's an Ethan I'm, Eats episode. I'm going to have some of my egg cream. Ooh. God damn it. With the egg cream. He's always back. an egg cream. It's not always an egg cream, guys. It was cocoa one of the times. I had cocoa. That's that's true. <laughs> I, I looked up egg so, cream the other day. I was like, what is this? And uh, look, it sounds good. It's just a, it's a soda. It's a chocolate soda. It is a chocolate soda. I like a vanilla egg cream, though, so... This is the start of our show. Wow. Oh, no. Did we start already? We did did it again. We did the horrible (laughs) opening again. Yeah, we should probably have all that. Yeah, you should definitely cut everything we said before that. (laughs) All the horrible things you said weren't being taped. Just the weird stuff I said about enjoying chocolate soda. Um, (laughs) Griffin, you're going to start the show. Matthew Rosenberg... Welcome to another episode of Ideas Don't Bleed. Welcome, Matthew. You are a part of. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I like to put you on the spot with that, Griffin, because you are both really good at it and also weirdly terrible at it. And it's like a, yeah. a, a beautiful thing. That's our brand. It's just, what, it's just whatever whatever the day has presented me with, you know, that's just usually how the podcast intro goes. It snowed for the first time today here in Michigan. I'm in it's a never shit snowed mood because of before? it. Never, ever. Can you believe it? That's so amazing. you would think I'd be like in awe. You'd like, be terrified. <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> what? Instead, Why? I'm in a very poor mood, uh, but I am very excited to be here with you, gentlemen, today for another oh, episode of Ideas Don't Bleed, presented by Ashcan Press, where we talk about comic books. I think mm-hmm. that's correct. That is correct. Cocoa egg creams. <laughs> yeah. We sometimes talk about egg creams. Everybody fast forwards through that. And not only do we talk about comic books with ourselves, uh, where we talk over each other and say annoying mm-hmm. weird things, but mm-hmm. also we have special guests. And today it's we have true. maybe our most special guest ever. Is that true? I don't. I don't know. I mean, I, if we're not counting me and Ethan as guests, I think that could be true. It's we possible. Are, we are not counting you as guests <laughs> because you are the co-hosts and the producer of the show. So that's not what the word guest means. And our guest today. Is the wonderful Joshua Williamson? Yay! Yay. That's all. Hello. How's everybody doing? Are you guys uh, ever guests on other people's podcasts? Then, like, you guys get invites where you're not producing it, and you can just have fun and talk and not worry about it afterward. Okay. We have a couple of times, and we're always like, "Yeah, we'd love to do that." We have no time because we're making <laughs> yeah. so yeah. many other podcasts. Yeah. So I know. Yeah, I feel like you do all of them now, right? Like, I think Pretty if there's a podcast true. that somebody in comics is doing it, it's probably you. I, I we're like... trying to get a hold of Conan O'Brien, but once we get him, it'll be everybody. Yeah, <laughs> everyone in comics. I feel like you do. You guys do a lot of podcasts, but the other ones are sort of just really practice for this one. Do you feel like yeah. that? That's how you feel. <laughs> More or less. Yeah. This is what we've been less. building towards. Yeah. Well, this is the fun one, right? This is the fun one. Yeah. Everyone yeah, else yeah, is yeah, brutal. Yeah, yeah. Stegman's, <laughs> one, Stegman's one is work. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> T- talking to Ryan Stegman is hard work. Um, talking to me is fun. Uh, mm-hmm. The 
podcast is about comics and mm-hmm. that's mostly what we talk about and mm-hmm. so uh just to go back to your question to the co-hosts josh uh i've decided they're making a book which we're not allowed to talk about on here but it's when true. it comes oh, out i've yeah. decided that one of them will be the guest on the show and oh, the other have to host. i love it yeah that's perfect but i'm not going to decide which one Oh, you don't just dis- I decide. Okay, that's all right. Yeah, it's it's gonna be, you're going to flip a coin, aren't you? You're just going to be like, <laughs> no, I'm going to I'm going to see who says the meaner thing to me in email that week because it's always a that it's a sort of coin toss of which one of them. Yeah, I guess there's actually like a secret funny. competition that they're not aware of. Yeah, right. right? I guess like it's that, some kind but... of secret competition they don't really know. Yeah. Yeah. Can I can I point out really quick the, the distinct dichotomy between the shelves behind you two? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. What's what's your point? Mine actually like, has has. Is it reflective of anything? Or it's a reflective of a, a very a lot. Yeah. But you mine have also. Plan. I have a plant, and mine has books that yeah. don't have pictures on them. Oh, <laughs> so, I think somewhere in here there might be a book that doesn't have pictures. I think there's one over here somewhere. I, I don't have a plant in here. I don't have a plant in here, but I do have a pot that is supposed to be for a plant, uh, but it's a Green Lantern. This is actually supposed <laughs> to be a planter. Just okay, so you know. Sweet. You, just you just couldn't afford a plant. Yeah, yeah. No, the I plant have, would I, die in here. Are you kidding me? I have, I have one of those, but it's Groot. And you're supposed to put a plant in it on the top of his head, but I never did. Hmm. Um, God, but I, I love got... a comic book writer acting superior about reading novels. That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I didn't say I read them. I, yeah, I, I, I said they're in my bookshelf. Like they are not, there. Let's not. I read everything myself. in here. You read I, everything. I, think I read there? almost everything. If it's not if it's on a shelf, I've probably read it. If it's on the ground, I haven't read it. And you can't tell mm-hmm. because of this angle, but there are stacks of books around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't know a lot of people who are like comic creators who don't have huge unread piles, but I guess they're getting it onto the shelf. Oh, yeah. I, I honestly thought you were going to say that you don't really know a lot of comic creators that actually read comics. And I was no. going to be like, oh, I, I, I partially agree with you. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's a dark, uh, the the dark secret I have, and it took me years to get over it, and I normally wouldn't name his name, but I'll name his name. Uh, when I was coming up, uh, I went up to Ivan Brandon and was like, hey, man, like, I had a self-published thing, and I was like, can I give you this? Uh, you know, I, I'm a fan of your stuff. And he went, no, I don't read comics, man, and walked oh away. God. And I was so upset and so just like, well, fuck that guy. Fuck him forever. <laughs> like, screw that guy. And I stormed off. And he, of course, stepped away and then came back to be like, of course, I'm just doing a bit. You can give me, but I'd already left. And so I spent three years oh, or four years being like, God. I don't like that dude. And then we ended up at a dinner together. And I was like, he's really funny and nice. And I like him fine. And now we're like, <laughs> you know, he's a buddy. And I finally, we were close enough that I was like, yeah, you know, when I first met you, you you did this thing. And I told him and he was mortified. He was like, so upset. He was like, that was a bit like that's a joke oh, and, he, no. and, he goes, he, and he was like i can't believe you thought that for years and i was like yeah i definitely did think that for years <laughs> but it turns out he does read comics hmm. uh just like there you, you and me, josh just like you i like me. that story has a happy ending that he does read comics in the end yeah just not yeah. yours that was no, the, he wouldn't remind. That was uh, yeah. He he missed out on quite a terrible self-published comic by me, but you know that's oh dude, that's his yeah. My early, what was it? My really early mini comics that I gave away to people at cons. I'm like, I hope to God they don't remember that. Like, I hope that they never looked at it. They were just like, oh, whatever, mini comic, and you know, they have no connection 
I've had people come to me with signings with some of that stuff, and I'm like, oh no, all right, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's yeah. how that's how I am when people come to my signings with any comic I've written. I'm oh. like, oh no, oh, <laughs> oh no, you, you didn't read this, I did you? Sign this now, but you don't like. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know if you want to talk about how much you don't like signings. <laughs> I like signing fine. <laughs> uh there it's a weird thing it's a very weird part of our culture that i didn't i didn't grow up and people i i i mean i'm in the middle of a signing tour i've signed at five shops six shops this week and i have 11 to go in the next week so like yeah we could talk about that that's a lot dude i'm aware yeah 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 i wasn't you wanna yeah i I wanna hear how that's going well, it's like James who hasn't been home in three weeks. I know. Jesus. Kinda. Yeah, yeah. It's like that. I'm sleeping in the in the passenger seat of a car and driving all night, and he's oh staying God. in um, Madrid for seven days. So it's just like no, that. It's, it's totally like, the same. It's totally, it's totally the same. same. <laughs> yeah, he's totally. in a hotel in Madrid watching movies and then going out to really nice dinners. Uh, I forgot <laughs> to eat one of the days because I <laughs> had to move so much, and we didn't realize that until two in the morning. And everything I mean, it still sounds the same to me. <laughs> yeah, it's the same. Yeah, it's yeah. my point. It is the same. Uh, moving on from me, uh, mm-hmm. let's start. Let's start talking about you, Josh. That's why you're here. Unless yeah. you really want to talk about me, but I bet you don't. No, um, but about me. What did I do? What do you want to know? <laughs> let's let's start with a very basic. Um, uh, I like to do the questions that I always hate getting asked in interviews. I like to ask my oh, friends yeah. those questions. So let's start with the very simple, um, why comics, Josh? Um, oh man. I mean, there's a serious <laughs> answer and there's a joke answers, you know, but uh, there, there's this thing that Keith Giffen said, like somebody asked him that one time and Keith Giffen was, his answer was, uh, you act as if I had a choice. And I, that's how I feel about it sometimes, you know, like when I was a little kid, I, my, my parents both read comics, so... I've never oh. lived where there wasn't like a short box in the house, you know. Um, it's what, did, been what, did they, what did they read? Uh, my dad was into uh, Fantastic Four and Doom Patrol, but he mm-hmm. also was really into um, like Bob Hope and Jerry Lewis comics and like oh, hot God. stuff and like all of these older like gold key comics and stuff. So I grew up with like a very wide range of different kinds of books. And then my mom, my mom was mostly. Um, a DC person. So like Teen Titans, you know, Supergirl, things like in that realm. And they actually gave me this book when I was a little kid. It's right here. This book is crazy. Uh, It's called, uh, it's called the great comic book heroes. Mm -hmm. And it's, um, so here it is. You can see this book here, right? Um, That's awesome. This book is weird because it's this collection of like golden age characters, right? But mm-hmm. it has Marvel, DC, and like the spirit in it. And it's reprints of all their origins with a lot of oh, like wow. information about those characters. Mm-hmm. It's one of the only times you'll find a book like this that has actual reprints of Marvel and DC plus other stuff. And mm-hmm. so I've just always kind of grown up around comics. Um, and I think once I found out in the third grade that this was something you could do for a living, you know, mm-hmm. that was like you could make comics and get paid for it. It was around you, third how'd grade. You, I was how'd like, you find that out? I feel like it had to have been, I think maybe it was like more like fourth grade. I think it was just wizard. It's just oh, like yeah. buying wizard and reading a wizard. wizard, a wizard told you that. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> I was really into wizard though. I mean, you know, Oh, hey, hey, wizard. No. So Matt, back in the day, there was a magazine called wizard. Not familiar. Yeah. Uh, 
but I, you know, I would pick up Wizard and I started going to conventions and, you know, uh, at first when I started going to the conventions, it was just, you know, as a fan and obviously I know people made them, but it was like, once you started figuring this stuff out, I was like, oh, I want to do this. And so pretty much from then on, it was like, that was it. There was, by the time I got to high school, I had two options that I wanted to do, which we'll probably have talking about at some point here, but it was like, I wanted to either make comic books or I wanted to be an Imagineer. Like I either wanted to oh, build wow. parks and work at like design theme parks and rides and ex- basically experiences, you know, yeah. or make comic books. That that was the path in high school I was on and, and mm-hmm. doing research and figuring them out. And um, but I just I just loved comics. Like I would do I was writing my own little fan fiction. I had all this like X Men fan fiction, like all this stuff I was working on when I was in like middle school. Mm-hmm. Uh, I developed an entire video game system for New Warriors. I had a whole uh-huh. system of the game would be based on the first 50 issues of the comic book. Uh, I had, I, I was a nut with that stuff. Uh, and then when why, I was, in high why school, would anyone be anybody other than Nova? Like, <laughs> why would you be night thrasher in the new world? I was about to say night thrasher. No, I fucking love night thrasher, but if I'm putting okay. a quarter in to play, I don't want to yeah. play for seven seconds. I want to play for like, well, no, this isn't your arcade game. This was like a massive RPG. So you would have like multiple of the characters, right? So it's mm-hmm. like, you would have Nova, you would have Nomura, you'd have right. night thrasher. Anyway, listen, if you want, I still have the notebook for it and I can yeah, bust out the whole gameplay. We can yeah, talk about we'll it. But that. all right. So, uh, so I was uh, really, you know, just trying to figure out the stuff I wanted to do. And then one day um, we had one of those like college fairs at my high school. Mm-hmm. And there was this giant poster. Uh, Jeff Matsuda had drawn Wolverine. They had this this company. They were like, we have a comic book program at this college. It was a graphic design school, but they had a they had a comic book program and they had teachers that had worked in comics. Um, they had internships that would go to like Top Cow and to Wildstorm. And at the time they would go to like awesome comics. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, hell yeah, I am doing this. I'm signing up for this. I went, I toured the school. Um, I got there on my very first day. Um, I actually got there really late. And I missed, I missed orientation. I missed everything. And I was moving in the dorms and, uh, the, it's weird. Cause you're going to a new college. Like you don't know anybody, you know? Right. Um, and so I get there and I'm in the dorms and they oh, because I got there late, there was a whole problem in my room. There was all kinds of stuff. And they were like, well, we don't have a room for you. Uh, so you're going to crash in these, this, these guys' room for the weekend. These guys were like best friends. And uh-huh. that was the whole thing. They were like, no, this is our room. And all of a sudden I'm going <laughs> to crash in their room for the weekend. And, uh, but we're like, listen, it's all right. Cause we're going to be gone this weekend. We're not actually coming back until Monday. Um, and this is on like a Thursday night. So they're like, you can have it until, until Sunday and you got to get out of here. Um, and, uh, the only comic book I had on me, uh, was a copy of Watchmen. Like I had this like beaten up Watchmen trade. It was the only copy, only comic I had. And, uh, I went to get fast food, whatever. And it was just a weird situation. And it felt like the school was just so quiet and there wasn't anybody there. And so I go into, uh, my room and I'm reading the comic and eating fast food or whatever. And then all of a sudden the door flies open, just out of nowhere flies open. And there are these two guys standing there. Not the guys who was their room. Totally two different guys. And they had um, my keys. And one of them was the RA. And he was like, yo, you left your keys in the door, dummy. Like, don't do that. You know, he said, keys at me. And the other guy was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're reading Watchmen? 
And I was like, yeah, I read it before. But then, of course, I was like, and this is the thing. When I was in high school, I only knew one person that read comics. Yeah. You know, I think I told you this story, story before about how I didn't tell anybody I read comics yeah, or yeah. worked at a comic book store in high school. Yeah, okay. So yeah. I'm saying so, I, didn't, I didn't like uh, once I grew out of wearing an X-Men shirt and like when I, I didn't tell, talk about comics, I didn't know anybody who read comics. I told you this, right, that when I was in high school that my girlfriend at the time came into the comic book store I was working at. Oh, no. So I'm at work. I'm at work on a Saturday. It's my birthday. It's my 18th birthday. I mean, happy and birthday. I'm at work at the comic book store. Thank you. And I'm. <laughs> I am, uh, normally I would wear contacts while I was wearing my glasses. I was wearing jean shorts and a bright purple gambit shirt. Oh, hell yeah. And, uh, my, I saw, we were in a mall and so I could look out, you know, people were walking to the mall and I swear I saw my grandma and I was like, why is my grandma here? And then I saw my girlfriend and she was dressed really nice. And I was like, oh shit, there, this is a surprise birthday party please tell me it's just her and my family and not all my friends from high school because <laughs> I'm wearing a bright purple uh, Gambit shirt yeah. and this is it. Like my secret is out. And sure enough, I walked in, she took me to this restaurant and I walked into the restaurant and I went to high school there. And it was a lot of questions like you, you work at a, a comic store? Like all these questions was the whole thing. Anyway. So when these two guys were like, yo, you read comic or they were like, you're reading Watchmen. I'm like, you guys like comic books? I was so excited. And they were like, come with us and they took me to like the rec room and it was just wall-to-wall -wall comic <laughs> project that they had been doing. <laughs> let's go wow and so it was like all this art all this stuff they had made they had made mobiles of different like stuff that you would look like it would be in a comic book store they were just making them for fun mm -hmm. wow um and they had them up on the ceiling they had all of this stuff they've been doing combo projects and so those two guys were and they were getting ready to graduate they weren't that far off from graduating but they mm -hmm. were like yo like come and hang out with us and I met a ton of comic book artists. Um, that school totally lied. There were so many problems with it. Like Jeff Matsudo had nothing to do with that school whatsoever. I talked to him about it later. Uh, like good, good laugh, good laugh between the two of us. Um, only one teacher there had actually worked in comics, and he had worked at a heavy metal magazine. Awesome. Um, all the internships had been canceled because the students had been basically fuck ups. And so basically Top Cow was like never again, Wildstorm, all of them were like, <laughs> no. Um, but it was interesting because there were people that kind of knew. It, it was an interesting time because like everyone I knew that I was hanging out with, they also knew other combo creators because mm -hmm. of that and just the, the, the system of it all. And so we just started, you know, uh, learning how to make comic books from that, you know, and just hanging out with a lot of comic book people. So I kind of got thrown in, but I only knew artists for a really long time. I didn't really talk to writers for a while. It was most of the artists and learning how to do production. But um, yeah, I just really like, I, I think it was just this domino thing of like, this is the path I'm on. And it was like, uh, and I loved it. And I really yeah. like making the books. I like telling stories and uh, I love the visual medium. Like I'm, I feel like I'm a very visual person. So it's like, it all just kind of comes together and, uh, I wouldn't even know. Again, it's like I, I, I say most days I'm like I don't know what I'd be doing differently, um, but I do know what I'd be doing differently. I, I would have tried to go be an Imagineer, which is a whole other, much harder and uh, job and very competitive. Sure. Uh, not to say comics aren't competitive, but that's a whole other piece because there's only so many places you can work for. Yeah. Um, it's not like you can you can because in in comics you can go an independent route, right? Like we can do a lot of self publishing. There's no self-publishing really for no freelance rides. building rides. You can't just go down. <laughs> yeah, you know, developing a, a whole amusement park. I mean, I think about it every day though. It's still like I still have moments where it's the same thing with comics, where it's like 
oh, if I have this meeting, I'm ready to pitch. Like, if I ever was in a room with, like, anyone who worked for Disney or worked for any kind of theme park, I'm like, yo, I got ideas. Let's go. I got all kinds of thoughts on stuff. Um, that's kind of, you know, Hank Canals is actually some, one of the reasons why I, I knew Hank Canals, but got along with Hank Canals, is that he, when he came back, when he came back to uh, Warner Brothers at one point, he worked in experiences and amusement park stuff before he went to Wildstorm and before he worked with DC. Anyway, that's your that's that's sort of a long answer to your question <laughs> of why comic books. But I just love them too. Like I've been reading them this whole time, and uh, I, I just think they're magical. You know, I just yeah. really I love them. Yeah, that's a good answer, Josh. Thank you. And I was uh, collecting too. We're probably going to cut out everything before. I just love them. <laughs> we'll just leave that. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> it's fine. I, I try I to maintain that perspective. I worked at a comic book store all through high school and then part of college, and so mm-hmm. I was. I don't know. I think that's a lot when I'm putting together a project or talking to people about it is that like try to take yourself out of the work experience for a minute and remember why you love it and why sure. you're actually like what what you would like of this and what would get you pumped up and uh, yeah, yeah. you know the different pieces because I like reading it but I also like collecting them and stuff. But yeah. do your parents read your stuff? I don't think my mom does. My dad for a while early on. I, don't, I think he might read, but for a minute there, my dad has a, a deal with Things to Another World where any book that mm-hmm. I work on, they mail to him. Mm-hmm. When it was when I was first starting out, I imagine that was fine. He probably was like, he would actually frame them. Every every issue that came, uh, he would frame it, right? That's a lot that is impossible now. Yeah, that yeah. is impossible now. But they still mail him the stuff, and then he, you know, he has boxes of it. Uh, I don't think he reads it anymore. When, um, when, my, yeah. first, when my first um, Marvel... My first Marvel one shot came out. I wrote a Quake one shot with uh, Daniel mm-hmm. Warren Johnson, and uh, when that came out, my mom there's a comic shop by her house, and she went to it, and uh, she she went in and she she bought like two copies of the Quake one shot, and at the register she was like, um, my my son wrote this, and the clerk was like, oh yeah, Quake Quake kind of sucks. <laughs> he's gonna write one of the one of the people from shield he should have written and then he just started going through different shield agents who would have been cooler to write the quake and my mom left and called me from the parking lot and was like why did that happen to me like what <laughs> <laughs> and, and from then i was like mom i'll just bring you books you don't have to go and get like the yeah the clerk, and also the don't talk to them don't, yeah, that's don't tell yeah. Them you know me. Just, yeah, don't tell them you know me. Don't do that. She really got a comic shop experience. Holy yeah, shit! Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was pretty great. And and then I started just bringing her everything. And then at a certain point, I feel like she never said it because she's very sweet. But I think there was a certain point where she was like, "You you can stop now." <laughs> like you're making a lot of stuff and i don't need you know like it was never said because my yeah. mom was way too sweet for that but there was definitely a sort of implication of like what am i supposed to do with all of this <laughs> and i don't have an answer for that so i just well that's the thing is i'm kind of like yo they give us comps if you need a copy yeah, yeah. <laughs> like don't okay. don't spend the money on that but yeah um they don't all give us comps but but some of them do that's um, true yeah have you ever told your mom that, that she could she could CGC slab those and then we could auction them oh, off on whatnot. My mom mm. loves to CGC. And and um, you yeah. could sign them too. So but, but mostly what she's signed CGC slab. It's like stuff she knits 
stuff. She's oh, she's big into weaving, so she's weaving. <clears throat> she's on weaving CGC, which is a totally different feel. Right. This is a Matt Rosenberg's mom original knitted variant cover for <laughs> what's the furthest place from here? Number oh. one, signed nine point seven. Yeah, you can't really get more than that because it's yarn. And right. Really, yeah. it no, really... I, I feel like all of this should happen. Yeah. <laughs> figure out how to make this work because you'll you'll tap into some whole new market oh, yeah. with whatnot. Oh yeah. Oh I, yeah. No, it's great. Um, and it'll only take my mom two months to knit a cover to a comic book <laughs> and working in horrible conditions. So I, I think this is a great idea. Um, getting back to you and away from my mom, yeah. John. Uh, <laughs> as you know, I like to keep you two apart. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, it, you know. early on in your career you're doing <laughs> stuff like sketch monsters and and mm-hmm. dear dracula and like skewing very ya and and even yeah. you know below ya like little kid stuff and mm-hmm. um then you just fast forward a little bit and you're doing nail biter and stuff and i'm sort of yeah. wondering where why like why did you oh, start man. off doing a lot of kid stuff before you had kids yeah i feel like it's kind of a complicated answer uh well there's there's multiple reasons for why i started doing the ya kid stuff um my my best friend uh, and both of my my closest friends they both their art styles kind of lean to that you know they kind of lean toward a, a a more i guess ya kid style um and so you know, obviously, like, with the artist on Sketch Monsters and your Dracula, you know, that, um, like, he was my roommate for a long mm-hmm. time, you know? So it's like, let's make a comic book, you know? Um, and he was one of the first people I met um, when I moved into the dorms in college, too. So we just know each other for a long time, but his art style definitely leans toward that, so that's part of why. Um, there was also some commercial aspects to it, the idea that, like, it felt at the time like that was the direction certain things were going, so there was a lot yeah. of, like, you could tell, I mean, this, this is how it always is, right? The covers are always talking about they want more YA, they want a younger yeah. audience. And so uh, we were kind of like, well, I'm going to start heading that direction. And there was also, at the time, there was this thing at Marvel, uh, it was Marvel Adventures books they were doing, mm-hmm. you know? And those books were a lot more, like, geared toward a younger audience. And so mm-hmm. at that time, so it, it's, in some ways it's good, in some ways it's bad, right? So, like, in some ways it was a good thing because I was like, yes, like, I actually enjoyed making those books. Like I like making sketch monsters. I like making Gary Dracula and I'm working with my friends to make them. So we're having a good time. You know, there was also that part of me that was like a little bit mercenary and a little bit mimicky of like, Oh, well, Marvel is hiring people that do kind of a younger audience to do these Marvel adventure Mm. books, but that's also the doorway into Marvel. Right. So if I could show, I can do that. You know, I can I can get those kinds of jobs, right? Like I can get it at Marvel. I can show I can write toward a younger audience. Those books were intended for a younger audience, but I actually wasn't happy about it, you know. And it was in that zone where I think I was always trying to be the guy that was like, I could mimic someone else's style, or I could like just do the job that needed to be done. You know, it's the same way. Like in some ways, it it helped me out in some places. You know, like I understood what those books needed to be, um, but I was like a vertigo person. You know, mm-hmm. like that was me as a kid, like in high school and in college. It was like I wanted to make books that were like Vertigo books, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, Preacher was uh, one of my favorite comics of all time. I really love Starman. Like, you know, that was the direction I felt like I was I, I should have been going in. and I wasn't, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, I look at a lot of stuff that Brubaker does and I just I love Brubaker. So it's like that's the mm-hmm. direction I should be going in. But I felt like, oh, but 
it, I was in this weird spot where I felt like I was waiting for permission to do those kinds of books. Mm. And I was like, oh, but then this is the way to get in. This is the YA book. That's, yeah, that's yeah. the, that's the doorway in. Right. Um, and so uh, when I was at DC, I was at DC for a few years, like doing little things here and there, like a mini or a one shot. And yeah, I would do like a, a simple thing every once in a while for Marvel. But from like 2009, 2012, I was in that zone where I was like, yeah, I'll do, I'll do anything for a job. That was part of it. But I was also leaning into like, oh, well, this is the direction things are going. It's this like kind of YA stuff. So I'll, I'll do that, even though it isn't what I want to write. Um, and then when DC sort of was like, yeah, we're done with you <laughs> in 2012. Like I remember leaving the, I was in the, I was in the building. It was the Monday after New York Comic Con. It was the first time I didn't have any, any work at DC mm-hmm. in three years. Like not even like a, a one shot or a, a uh, you know, here's like an eight pager that you know is coming kind of thing for an yeah. anthology. It was like, it was done. I, I uh, I've told this story a few different times, but I remember Bob Harris, uh, and I were, I was leaving the building and I ran to Bob Harris as I was leaving. And Bob was like, oh, well, let me walk you out. And I was like, cool. And then when we got to the street and Bob pat me on the back and was like, good luck, kid. And I remember <laughs> being like, oh, dude, I just got fired. Like, it's over, oh, you know? Yeah. And then I had this moment where, so it's like October of 2012. Okay, yeah, so it's like just over 10 years ago. I was like, oh, shit, I am out of work. Like, I have no work in this industry, nothing. I had, like, a couple little things maybe going to happen. Like, I was maybe going to submit Dark Horse, maybe something in Image. But it was like, oh, dude, I'm out. Of, I'm, I'm done. That's it. I'm out. Yeah. And I remember having, it, it was almost, like, liberating in some ways because it was, like, the worst-case scenario of, like, I am broke mm-hmm. and I'm out of work. And I feel like I just fucked up my entire career. So yeah. I'm kind of out. And I think because I felt that, that like liberated feeling, uh, it allowed me to kind of like stop waiting for permission to make the books I wanted to make. So that's where like Ghosted, mm-hmm. Birthright, Nailbiter, that all came from in the time period where I kind of mm-hmm. got away from it. But what, what was, so I was going to be broke, you know? And so I was like, okay, whatever jobs can I get? And thankfully I had like some royalty checks come in and a couple little jobs come in that I'm like, okay, this is going to hold me over. I'm going to make it. I'll be fine. Um, and then uh, years earlier, again, because of the, like the YA space, um, I would do these jobs for DC that were like these custom publishing jobs. And that's very much like a YA space. Like not, not mm-hmm. YA, but it's very much like a, a mass market space. Right. Sure. So there's, there are rules involved. And one of the jobs I did was this General Mills comic that was like a comic book that would go on cereal boxes. Mm-hmm. And I did one of those, but there were a lot of those, like other people would do them. And for whatever reason, I was the one that I think got it the most. I mean, they told me this, like I got it the most. And mm-hmm. like somebody else did theirs where they were like severed heads in it and stuff. And they're like, <laughs> what are you doing? This is for kids, you know? Like I just didn't, they just didn't understand. And but for whatever reason, like, I got it. Like I understood what the book needed to be. They were really easy to write because it's like, you know, they, they couldn't be more than three panels per page. Yeah. You know, it's 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 not it's still work, uh, but it's not like as intensive. You know, there's certain the limitations mm-hmm. make it almost easier in some places. And um, and then I got this call, and they're like, "Oh, we want you to do because you did so well in the last round, General Mills. We want you to do it again." And I was like, "Oh, cool. Can I do more than one?" And they were like, "Oh, no, you don't understand. We want you to do all of them. It's so it's <laughs> four of them, and you have to do it all in one month." Uh-huh. And I was like, all right, let's go. Let's do it. So I basically wrote off one a week for four Mm -hmm. weeks in a row and turned them in. And the money from that, because it was like a really good paycheck because it was for custom publishing, you know, for the serial. It was a a different kind of job. The money from that actually sort of like set me up 
right? So then it, I was I had a lot of things going well for me where it was like, oh, uh, now I feel this like freedom to be myself, right? Mm -hmm. To be more of like, these are the kind of books I actually want to make. And I had learned a lot of hard lessons. And that's where I learned the lesson of like, I should want to buy my own book because if I don't want to buy it, that's a problem. You know, like I should, I would want to read this. And so I felt a lot of like freedom of like, oh, my dream is to work for DC Comics and that will never happen again. So I guess I'm totally free now to kind of do whatever I want. I felt mm -hmm. like I had some financial support from that job. Um, and then it was just off to the races. And that is again, where Ghost at Birthright, Nailbiter, all that stuff came in. But it's like, I'm glad I did that YA sort of stuff before and I did enjoy it. But that's why the hard turn at one point just sort of hits like in 2012, yeah. where it was just like this big flip into like, well, no, this is what makes me happy. So I should have that direction. But I'm still mm -hmm. thankful I did that stuff. So a lot of your like a lot of the, the career stuff now you owe to like fruity, yummy, mummy and like mm. Count Chocula and those guys yeah. are really Boo Berry. Boo Berry. Yeah, very much yeah. so. I actually don't know yeah, if those, are general, <laughs> those are general mills, right? I mean, I, I don't even know, but... but. But what were, yeah, what, what were those product? stories? Yeah, DC characters. Oh man, yeah, it was like uh, I had one where Cyborg, <sighs> Cyborg went to Apocalypse and had like an adventure and like Desaad and Darkseid kidnapped him. Uh, I had yeah, one where the, the Rice Krispie Elves. <laughs> I was gonna say, do they have to team up with the serial no, mascots? It was literally, this is why it was <laughs> it was so easy because it was like take take two characters take two mm -hmm. characters and just have my adventure together that was it mm -hmm. so like one of them i did i think it was cyborg the tony the tiger <laughs> no but that's it it was like dude it was that's what was fun about it. there was no connection to cereal at all yeah. I mean, it was not even a, an appearance of a cereal box it was like the mm -hmm. penguin steals an, an artifact from atlantis and so batman has to go to atlantis and table with aquaman to stop penguin <laughs> and then ocean master gets involved it was like real simple I guess yeah. I would say it was like writing episodes of Justice League Unlimited. Uh -huh. that, that's mm. the best way to explain it. There was no serial. Like, yeah. So even, even when you look at it, well, it was a lot of the artists I worked with in that time period. So like Bruno Redondo, like a lot of those guys I ended up yeah. working with much, much later on stuff or now have like kind of blown up. And, mm. um, yeah, no serial boxes were involved at all. Do, do, uh, do people it was ever bring you those to sign? Yes. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah, they do. That's yeah, so cool. it is pretty fun. It's really cool. Yeah, you, the only way you can get those, well, I guess you can get them on eBay now. But it was those weren't sold in stores, and they've never collected them. Those so those aren't available. They're not digital. They're not collectible. So if someone has one, they either bought it on eBay or they got it out of that cereal box like ten years ago. It was like one of the. Did years. anybody like? And did any of them discover you from that? Like, did they go like, "This is where <laughs> I first saw you." So when I saw you on something else, I was like, "It's the cereal guy." <laughs> I don't think so. That'd be fun. I will say yeah. I did a custom job. Okay, so if you want to talk about the custom stuff, I did this custom job back in it was the it was the one of the I can't remember what year this was. It might have been the it might have been that year. It might have been 2012. Um it was for tools. Mm -hmm. It was like a, it was a thing about tools of like craftsmen like power drills, if I remember this correctly. And so they had a mascot. And so I had that mascot as the hero who saves the Justice League using tools to, to save him. Mm -hmm. Oddly, that combo, yes, I've had people be like, I love this thing. Wow. And this is how I discovered you. Like, yeah, that has happened. On that one particularly. Um, but I've had people come Be to me at cons. Before, I was just a be, tools guy. This made me fall in love with yeah. comics. <laughs> like yeah. comics, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah, man, that's yeah, always yeah. the goal. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah. I've had people come to me at, at <laughs> signings and stuff. And, and actually... 
I've had people come to me and be like, they'll they'll bring me a copy of of Nailbiter, right? And so I'm I'm yeah. signing Nailbiter, and they'll look at the table and they'll be like, wait, you do these books too? And I'm like, yes. And like I had no idea, but I read all these books, and they have oh, no wow. idea it's the same person. Yeah, I've had that yeah. a few times. Where someone's like, I love Ghost, that I have no Nailbiter. I did not know they were both written by you. I that find happens, that, that so strange when people don't pay attention to creators. I don't get it's it. It's really, com- it's really common. It's every, uh, yeah, I know. Well, yeah. It's so weird. Yeah. Stegman yeah. has spoken quite a bit to the fact of recently, you know, since, you know, they, they promoted Vanish for like a full year before it came out and then it came out and we went to New York and people were coming up and being like, dude, I love Venom so much. When are you going to make another comic book? And he's like, it's out. It's here. Yeah. I am holding it in my hands. You can yeah. read it now. They're like, what is Vanish? Yeah. <laughs> it's bizarre. Yeah, that's but, weird. Be, yeah, that's a whole other conversation about what people are talking looks, looks like uh, General Mills Presents Justice League Breakout, number one through four. Oh, shit. Yeah. By Josh Williamson. How much is that 2011. How's that going for, yeah, that going for on eBay? Was that on eBay? Are you on eBay? <laughs> I'm not on eBay. I'm on DC oh, Database. Yeah. Oh, DC Database. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what's fun to do, and I'm thankful I did it. But that's where the the like hard turn from. Uh, now I'm writing about serial killers. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, look at that serial serial. Yeah, yeah. Genius. with that. How, how many writers need to be on a fucking stream yard to come up with a fucking <laughs> serial related? Yeah, Josh was definitely bummed, but we did Cheers. that. Um, I think I think we talk about some Substack stuff, some dark yeah. ride stuff. Yeah, we can yeah. transition so into gonna, that. Maybe we're gonna fast forward over the um your record-breaking run on The Flash. That's not really important. That's not what we talk about here. We don't even talk <laughs> yeah. about the fact that you wrote over 100 issues of The Flash. Oh, you're The Flash yeah, guy. I, I have, right, okay. I have yeah, talked yeah. about... I have, yeah, I have talked about Flash a lot. I forget yeah. I really You talk about The Flash in your excellent newsletter, which I yes. texted you and cursed you out about because you put part of it behind a paywall... And I was so frustrated reading a very good story about the Flash that you then just were like, "If you want to know the rest, pay me." And I was texted you something of yeah. the, something along the lines of, "What the fuck, Josh?" And, yeah. And well, I like I like a good cliffhanger, and I was very yeah. happy. That was very satisfying on my end because I like cliffhangers. And for you to have that reaction, I was like, "Yes, yes, this is yeah, what perfect. I want." Yes. And then here's your free account. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then you gave it to me for free, and it was beautiful. And I like the end of the story too. And now you get I, to read the the monthly me talking about the Flash again, yeah. monthly thing. Yeah, yeah. Which I encourage everyone to do. Even actually, I actually really love it. Even I would I would encourage people to read it, even if they don't read the Flash mm. or didn't read your run, because there's so mm. much stuff that's like about your creative process, your thought process, and the behind the scenes stuff that I think is so insightful in a way that we don't get. That's very mm-hmm. like personal and reflective and smart. I, I really love it. It's really one of my favorite Thanks, newsletter things. Um, Josh, how have you been enjoying the Substack space? Um, you're, you're doing think... stuff a, a little bit differently, I feel like, than some, yeah. some of the other creators. Yeah, I really like it. I think it's, uh, I mean, I, I say it's interesting. I, I really like it. I like being able to kind of just have this thing. It's, uh, you know, twice a week, just post stuff in there. And uh, I've always struggled with like, I, I don't mind talking about myself on the podcast. I think writing about mm-hmm. myself is, and especially on the internet, you know, and not really, sure. I don't like sharing too much of myself out there. But I, you know, I think Matt and I talked about this before that like my favorite 
way of doing interviews or talking to people is on podcasts or video casts, you know, mm. like I, I prefer that over thing, anything else. So the idea about like writing up about myself, um, it's always something I've kind of like hesitated to do. Uh, and, you know, so with this one it was one of the original things of Substack we started talking about was it was an opportunity to do that a little bit more. And so I actually really enjoy that. And I just enjoy kind of approaching it a little differently, but I also saw what everyone was doing for a whole year before I really launched. I mean, I had a plan for the very beginning and I haven't deviated from that plan too much. Um, but just watching what everyone was doing, it kind of helped me shape what I wanted to do with it. And I did want it to be a little different, you know, and, uh, but yeah, I really actually enjoy it. Um, it is kind of fun figuring out what the other, cause I'm always like, well, one is going to be promo stuff and then there's the nail biter posts. And then it's going to be like, well, what are the things that are a little more personal going to be about? What are the kind of, you know, behind the scenes stuff? And, um, I have a lot of stuff planned that I want to talk about and get into on there. And I think, especially once you get to the new year, I'm going to probably open up a little bit more about some, <laughs> some process stuff and just stuff that I think about with comics. That I, you know, would like to write about a little bit. It is interesting. Like I remember when, when I first started, I would watch what James was doing and I would be like, Jesus Christ, James, you're writing way too much. Like, what are you doing? You know, I'd be like, you can take this and break it into like five posts and do a post every day, you know? Um, but then once I started going, I was like, Oh shit, I get it now. Cause once you start writing, you're like, Oh, this, yeah, you could, you end up writing a lot. Like it ends, yeah. it ends up being a bigger. And then, it, then I understood a lot more of like why James wrote that much, you know? So, uh, but now I'm like, well, now I start thinking about it. I'm like, oh, cool. I want to do this post. But I'll make sure I have it done correctly and do this. But yeah, I, I enjoy it. Yeah, it's funny because I have like, I mean, we, we like you said, we talked about, we've talked about this a lot. But like, I have a real, like, I don't want to talk about myself. I don't want to talk about my work, particularly. I feel real weird and self-conscious about it. And so like, that's why this podcast exists. So I could be like, well, I'm posting about other people and talking about other people. And like, it's a good <laughs> avenue for me to like, not be talking about myself and ironically then i talk too much on my own podcast and sort of blow that up but like yeah i i i like the idea of like sort of not divulging a lot and so for me it's fun just because it's like sort of getting out of a safe space a little bit it's it's leaving my comfort zone like doing this and and doing the newsletter where i have to be like well here's my thoughts on some stuff and here's like like i don't like showing process stuff i don't like telling people like what the ingredients are in the in the food they're eating like it I'm, i'd rather you just be like this is magical i have no idea how they did it if at the end of the day i'm like i kind of just ripped off this stuff and put a new coat of paint on it it's like you know it it ruins it and and so i have to find an artful way to be like yeah we're all just stealing stuff and it's not really that impressive. Yeah. um so like yeah i i get that but also like you said the the inclination once you start writing to just be like especially because I have to do the promo stuff and I have to be like, Oh, there's a new issue of DC versus vampires. There's a new issue. What's the first place from here. Yeah. Then I want to be like, I don't want to just email people every week. Like go buy this thing I made. Like that, that's a, that's a leaflet. That's a promotional flyer. Like that sucks to just send that to people. So I have to be like giving them more and opening up more. And it's a, it's a fun, weird, weird challenge for sure. But I think you do it really well. I, I really like reading your, your newsletter. Yeah, this week I was thinking about that because originally my, my post this week was going to be like on Monday, it was going to be like, here's the dark crisis seven FOC. Right. And, mm -hmm. and I didn't like what you were saying. I didn't want to just be like, here's the covers, you know? Yeah. And, um, I started talking about our house getting remodeled, which I was talking guys before and Matt, we've yeah. talked a little bit, you know, offline, but like a big part of my house is being remodeled and it's been pretty intense and like watching at first, you know, at the very beginning, they had to do a lot of demo 
And so having somebody come in and just watch them like destroy part of your house was like a weird feeling, you know, it's like, <laughs> I understand what they're doing and why they're doing it. And we asked them to do this, but there was something very like, I'm not sure what my word is for it, but just very like alarming. I'm not sure. It was just very like, this is weird, you know, to watch someone just demolish and destroy part of your house. And, and, um, but for like, for a whole week they were doing it, they were destroying part of my house. And then, uh, now they're just building right and they're just building and they're they're making stuff and it's really kind of interesting to to watch them do and so when i was looking at the podcast or not the podcast sorry the substack post this week i was like i should talk about this i should talk about how they're destroying part of my house and they're building you know they're they're now they're in the building stages everything they're doing is all building and so when i started writing about that and writing about how it was very weird but there's something really cool now that like now it's all about building right and um all day long in my office, I can hear them building, right? So loud, but I can hear it. And at this point, it's become like the soundtrack of my life. Is like, it's construction sounds. But as I started writing about that, all of a sudden, I started being like, oh, man, did I just like stumble into a segue in the Dark Crisis? Like literally as I'm writing yeah. it, I'm like, I remember yeah, like wow. watching people build things. And then I was like, and Dark Crisis is about building things. And I was like, oh <laughs> like totally by accident was like, I just, I buy just by writing about this thing. I started writing about Dark Crisis. And then I'm like, oh, by the way, FOC is here. It was totally <laughs> by like, just complete accident as I was writing. And I was, I was very proud of myself. <laughs> but that's the way you want to go, right? Like you want right. to be a little bit personal on top of the like, oh, here's my promo thing. Anyway, yeah, yeah. we can talk about this stuff. <laughs> we'll talk about this and and then the other stuff you're doing on your Substack is you're doing comic stuff there. Yeah, we're going to be doing some uh, different things. But the thing we've announced so far is that we're doing the Elbire, uh short stories. You know, Mike and I for a long time have wanted to get back to that world. Uh, you know, in, in the world of Nailbiter, there are 16 serial killers. They're all born in the same small town. But the one that we mostly live with is Warren, the nail buyer. That's the one we spend the most time with. Um, we've always wanted to flesh out the rest of them and do more with them. So then we were like, oh, let's actually do that. Like, let's do shorts. And so I'm writing some. Uh, Mike is writing some. We're going to have a couple um, other uh, guest writers, all people who are, like, brand new, who have, like, really never written comics before we're talking to. And, mm-hmm. um you know, so they're going to write a few, and then we've got different artists. Each one will be about a different one of the serial killers. Um, awesome. Sometimes I want to break that mold and just write about Warren, the nail biter, or one of their characters, but I want to make sure we cover at least the, the other 15 first, mm-hmm. and then we'll eventually collect that in like a nice um, trade paperback that collects all of it. And it's called, uh, you know, Tales, Terrifying Tales from the Nail Biter and Other Stories. I think that's what mm-hmm. Yeah, to us, it's always been Nailbiter Tales. Like, we've just always called it that internally, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. Mike and I have been thinking about it for a long time. Um, And this gave us an opportunity to do that. And then with that, we're able to, you know, uh, we were making these, like, Nailbiter fan club boxes that have, like, collectible cards in them and pins and T-shirts and all kinds of stuff. (laughs) And it's been pretty cool to kind of get into that space uh, because I love collectible stuff, too. And so I kind of wanted use Substack to offer some of those. Mm -hmm. uh, But, yeah, it's been really fun to kind of play in that area. Yeah. And that brings us to the end of part one of our discussion with Joshua Williamson. Make sure to check out Dark Ride as well as everything else Josh is working on by visiting his Substack, Joshua Williamson's Super Scary Newsletter, at joshuawilliamson.substack.com. To get the latest episodes of this podcast, as well as news, giveaways, and even comics delivered straight to your inbox, go to ashcanpress.com and sign up for the newsletter. 
We'll be back next week for part two of our discussion. And in the meantime, you can write to us at ideasdon'tbleedpod at gmail.com or tweet to Matthew Rosenberg at Ashcan Press on Twitter, me at Tales to Astonish, or Griffin at Griff Sheridan. We'll include some of your correspondence on the show, and we'd love to hear what you have to say. And big thanks to Summer People for our theme song, Where's the Poison? Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.